just have a, a few brief thoughts on this because there's not really much that I can say that the prayer book has not said and will not say and um, that the Spirit is not already doing in our midst. I love this passage in Lent because uh, it, it takes kind of the show of religion and everything that Jesus was against. Uh, the misuse of the law, the oppression of the religious leaders, the guilt and the shame that people felt. And um, he basically says, that's not what I'm calling you into. That's not what I'm about. And they can do their charades and they can do their show. That's not what this is. I think it's a really gracious message for us now, in this day and age, that this is a simple, beautiful call to a season of fasting. It's not a show. It's not orchestrated. There's no like performance that Seth is going to do at the end of this service to move us to tears. Or maybe there is. He's not looking at me. <laughs> the point is, there's a lot of religious charade and show. And that's not what this is. It's quiet. It's solemn. It's dark. But it's drenched with the presence of Christ. So that's what you're being called into, and that's what who is calling you into it. Spirit of God, Christ. There's a few things that Ash Wednesday, I think it's a beautiful service, that it pulls in that are present in our life of faith, that have been in the community of God since the beginning. One is that it speaks of mortality in a way that only the church can. Only like the true church has. We talk about beauty here, sacrament, restoration, everything that we see Christ doing in our world, we're a part of it in every, every sunset, every flower, every person, every face is beautiful. Ash Wednesday reminds us that one day the method by which we intake our world and the beauty, our eyes, will be shut. That our body will no longer be able to interact with creation. This is for but a brief moment that we're here. The world will go. We'll keep on spinning. Christ will keep working within it. But we will not be observers to it. We won't be a part of it. So Ash Wednesday says to us, live your lives in light of that. It's for a brief moment that we're here. Secondly, Ash Wednesday calls into mind the baptism. And I'm not looking, I'm the baptismal font back behind us. It reminds us that there is on earth a doorway into the kingdom of God by which we experience the fullness of Christ filled by the Spirit. And we start to see traces of eternity in our lives and in our world. 
That doorway is baptism. It's the door by which we enter in the realm of the eternal on earth. And then lastly, it calls us to remember fasting. We talked about the transfiguration last Sunday, that it happened in the midst of something that Jesus did very regularly, which is prayer. He pulled away and he connected to God. He lived a fasted life. He fasted in the wilderness for 40 days. And the church, in preparation for baptism, had this tradition, had this habit of fasting before baptism. And it wasn't just Lent and Easter. It was any time that they were to baptize people, families, into the community of faith, they would fast. It could be three days, it could be 10 days, but they prepared for it by pulling themselves away from the temporal. They could start to sense the eternal as they welcomed people in through the doorway of baptism into that realm of the eternal. They took it seriously, but they were more compelled because of how beautiful it is. It's life. In light of our mortality, that we are not made of temporal stuff in totality. That we are internal in nature, but this body will die. We pull away from the tangible. We pull away from the temporal, from the noise, from the expectations, from the systems of this realm to find our home in eternity. It's fasting. And to fling wide the doors of baptism to all who would enter in to the kingdom of God on this earth. That's what Ash Wednesday calls us to, and that's really what Lent calls us to. You could pretty much sum up the entirety of the Christian formation process and faith and life in Ash Wednesday and Lent. Because it calls us not to just be separate and not to suffer and not just to stop eating gummy bears or drinking beer, whatever it is that we do, to start to feel the experience of the eternal rushing through our souls, our bodies, to be who we really are. That's the invitation for Lent. It's not a show. It's not a production. It's by no means surface level. It's deep. It's enriching. It's powerful. It's life-changing, life-giving. The prayer book says these two things. Here's your task, and as we've, um, I was gonna say meditated on this as a staff, but that's a very generous word for what we do. Um, but, but we have put thought and we've put prayer into, into this again. So every Lent, we come back around and we're like, what is it asking? Us? Like, what is this invitation? And, and we have these two things that stuck out to us. One is, and you can put these on the screen. One is that it calls us in the prayer book, um, in the invitation, to renew our repentance. Uh, I guess it's in white font. To renew our repentance. 
which if you go back to older language, what that invitation really is saying is to strengthen our resolve to turn away from darkness. To turn away from dark. See, Advent, we talk about the darkness in the world, and it's really dark, and it's really hard. But we come to terms with oppression and injustice and slavery, loneliness, depression. We, we see that in our world, and we long for salvation and Advent. Lent is quieter. It's trickier. It says, where's that darkness? Where's that stuff that you just saw in Advent? Where is it residing in you? And Lent invites us to turn away from it. To turn away from it. Where is it present in us? Where have we been in union with darkness in our lives. And it invites us so graciously for 40 days. It doesn't come to us like, turn or burn, right now. It says, here's these 40 days. Invite the Spirit to speak to you softly, tenderly, slowly, kindly, as a mother, as a father, and help you to turn away from darkness, to be full of light. That's the task for us in Lent. I love Lent because there's all these conversations going around the city, bloom folks meeting with each other, being honest about ways in which we've cooperated with darkness, that we haven't seen it, that we just have whatever it may be. We're asking for help. There's prayer in a deeper, more profound way than we usually experience it. There's conversations between spouses. What do we really want to be about? All that stuff that's so rich and good, that's Lent. To strengthen our resolve to turn away from darkness. And secondly, Lent calls us to renew our faith. What does the older language say about faith? What does Paul say about faith? It's the confidence in the unseen. And Lent, we're invited to renew our confidence in the unseen. That's a beautiful invitation. I know that we live in this rational world and we're all post-postmodern now and whatever. Kind of how I'm thinking about it is Lent invites us to be crazy. To, to, to sense things. To be in union with the Spirit of God. To know that there is a realm of the eternal calling us and shaping us and drawing us deeper into it. Increase our confidence in the unseen. That's where changes, that's where Christ is, that's where the Spirit dwells. So be weird in Lent, right? However, you, that your preferred method of weirdness and connecting to spirituality and to Christ and the Spirit, go do it. Go do it. It's incumbent on you to do it.
That's what we're here for. For 40 days, not for the rest of your life, not for the rest of the year. 40 days, the church gives you this amazing excuse. Go into the wild, detach from the world, and find your God. That's your late for work excuse, right? I'm in Lent, the church compelled me. I can't help it. It's your excuse to turn off social media for real. To turn off the TV. To ignore your kids. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) To see the beauty of your kids. To retreat. To find your God. What will the Spirit do with us in this time? Renew our repentance, our turning away from darkness, and renew our faith, our confidence in the unseen. That's Lent. We have one life, we have one chance, and we have these 40 days to kind of pull it all in. Mortality, baptism, and fasting. All into one. It's a beautiful season. And we'll do it together. So if you're scared, if you're unsure about it, you're not alone. We do it together here. Every week, we pray about it, we talk about it, we meet about it. I'm excited to see what the Spirit of God does with us in these 40 days. So I'm going to read the invitation to a Holy Lent to you. Why don't we stand as we receive that invitation from the church together. And then I just probably don't need to say this, but I will anyway. For the rest of this service, the rest of this gathering, you are free to do whatever you need to do. If you want to leave and go take a walk, that's fine. After your ashes... Meditate, invite the Spirit to speak to you, sit in the corners, whatever you want to do. Because this is the holy invitation, so we treat it as such. We respond as we're designed to respond. So let's hear the words of the church. Brothers and sisters in Christ, since early days, Christians have observed with great devotion the time of Jesus' passion and resurrection prepared for this by a season of penitence and fasting. By carefully keeping these days, Christians take to heart the call to repentance and the assurance of forgiveness proclaimed in the gospel, and so grow in faith and devotion to God. I invite you, therefore, in the name of the church, to the observance of a holy Lent, by self-examination, and repentance, by prayer, fasting, self-denial, and by reading and meditating God's holy word.